Welcome to the Coach's Nook, a taste of no-nonsense HR with a sprinkle of coaching. I'm Anna Maria. And I'm Athena. We are two passionate HR professionals who love to discuss all things HR, anything from coaching employees and managers to policies and compliance, and anything in between that people might find hard to talk about. Every episode, we'll be sharing our experiences, practical tools and techniques, and real talk that will help guide the way to fulfilling your HR needs. So grab your favorite drink and join us for the conversation. Welcome to the second season of the Coaches Nook podcast. It is so exciting to be launching this new season. As mentioned in the last episode of season one, my previous co-host was sent to Blake, has decided to dedicate more time to her coaching business, helping single moms form stronger and more meaningful relationships with their children. I wish Vicenta great success when she helps those she services. And now I have a new co-host, Athena Iliadis. We go back at least 25 years, but who's counting? Hey, Athena? (laughs) Athena and I met through an HR association called Ethra. I believe there are only six original members that still do the email blast and keep in touch. Here is a little story that will get into the topic of our podcast today. This HR association was originally called the Scarborough Personnel Association. And we used to meet monthly in a bingo hall. That alone tells you how HR has evolved over the years. And that is actually our topic of this episode, the evolution of HR. Welcome, Athena, and thank you for agreeing to join me in the world of podcasting. Uh, hello. Oh, my gosh. What a wonderful, wonderful introduction. Thank you so much. You you kind of had me at Bingo Hall, and, and now I really feel a little bit old, but <laughs> <laughs> that, that is where we met. We can't change that story. So thanks again for the introduction, for welcoming me to the Coaches Nook podcast, and uh, I'm super excited to be here. And um, I've got to say, I'm a little bit nervous. It's only natural to feel nervous if you wouldn't feel nervous, and that would be unnatural. It'll get easier as time passes, I promise. Ah, thanks. That makes me feel better. I love chatting about matters that that mean a lot to me. And I'm not really a shy person. But um, I think knowing that there's such a wide audience here is a little bit intimidating. (laughs) Yes, it can be intimidating. Just think it's us having a normal discussion like we do so often and chats, as we have done over the years. Yeah, definitely. A bit of a backstory. When I approached Athena about joining me on the podcast, we discussed what it would be like and what we would talk about. We both came to the conclusion that discussing our take on HR, which is the human touch, it blends itself well with coaching, and we could take the podcast in that direction. As Athena mentioned, we both love HR and can speak about it for hours. Oh my God, we sure can. And, you know, helping people is um, what you and I really like to focus on. So Anna Maria, when, you know, when we first started brainstorming on, 
on some of the topics, the HR topics, we came up with so many things. There's so much to talk about, like the function of HR itself. And of course, there's always technology. There's the legislation that covers employment law and health and safety. There's recruitment and training, the different generations within the workplace, coaching and its impact and diversity, equity and inclusion. So it was really a very interesting list that we created. And again, we could talk about this for hours, but how about we just simply break it down into sections and we cover it off piece by piece, which we'll dive into deeper with each of our episodes. Sounds like a plan. So I'll kick it off and go into the history a bit. We could start off with HR and how it evolved over the years. It dates back to the late 1800s when the Industrial Revolution started and the welfare of the workers inspecting the factories. And it helped to regulate hours for a workforce that included children. So basically, there were no labor laws at the time. Due to the issues at hand, they started instituting laws to prohibit child labor, et cetera. Yeah, and unfortunately, workers, you know, were not really protected back then and certainly didn't have any rights. So creating a unit, such as the personnel department, which it was called originally, one that can speak on their behalf and ensure they work in a safe and protected environment was was very important. Now, the business function of HR has changed over the years from a a very tactical support role, which meant shuffling a lot of papers, completing (laughs) a lot of forms, and it was very administrative, to a more strategic partner role that brings real business value to the overall organization. And, you know, because without people, a company doesn't really exist. Athena, unfortunately, there are some organizations still that don't give the strategic value that HR brings. They may have an HR department to help comply with the legislation and that is it. They do not have a seat of that proverbial table as they say. And I wanna share something years back in the automotive industry, I witnessed a very senior executive saying, who needs this HR white fluffy stuff? It is useless in my book. I took out some colorful words, though. (laughs) I could only imagine. I've actually heard some higher-ups call HR airy-fairy and (laughs) (laughs) woo-woo. Oh, my gosh. And this is one of the main reasons we're here today and sharing this podcast with you, because HR has so much to offer that has nothing to do with being airy-fairy or woo-woo-y. As our first topic, we want to chat about technology in HR and how it's really evolved over the years. So for someone who's new to HR, you wouldn't know what it's like to work without an HRIS system or technology that stores information. I remember back in my day when I started out, we actually used forms on on carbon copy to create documents for employees. (laughs) So one copy was for payroll, one copy was for the employee, and one copy was for the employee file. And of course, as you can imagine, Anna Maria, you would know this, we used lots of whiteout. So do some of the youngsters even know what whiteout is? Probably not, but that's exactly what we did. Yeah, it was a tape. I used to stick the tape in between the carbon copies and type over it so it would white out the letter. Oh, my goodness. I used to use 
an IBM Selectric typewriter to type on those carbon copy forms. And that was what I learned how to type in my grade nine typing class. So, wow. Now, the impact of technology has impacted a function such as payroll, which is part of many HR departments still. It's the automation of transmitting payroll itself. Like for hourly employees, it used to be a time card you would punch into a time clock. Then a paper report was generated and all the hours were manually calculated and then manually inputted into whatever system was used to pay employees. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of work. And I find that the biggest difference and impact technology has had is that it's become more of a self-service model where employees today simply just log into a system and have access to any and all company information. Employees can change their address, they can download their T4, they can view benefits, submit claims, even apply for some vacation. And they also have access to intranet systems. I know a lot of companies work that way, where you can view company policies, you can give company recognition, There's, they use messaging systems like Slack and MS Teams or Ping, and view some events that come up within the company. Like there's just so much amazing use for it right now. Exactly. And there are also human capital management platforms that do it all. You can do your performance management, succession planning, and also do everything you mentioned above on one platform. This type of information allows for data-driven decisions, which is very important strategically. Yeah, definitely. I know that a lot of companies are looking for that. Now, let's talk about the legislation changes over the years, and there have been so many. We could actually be here all day talking about them. But some of the most significant ones that come to mind are changes in the ESA. And if you're an HR person and you don't know what this is, then you must be living under a rock. (laughs) (laughs) ESA is your Employment Standards Act. And let me tell you, there's been so many changes over the years. We're looking at PEPIDA, the privacy legislation, AODA, in terms of accommodation. There's so many job protected leaves nowadays, whether they're paid or unpaid. And we look at maternity, parental, military, emergency leaves, domestic abuse. There's the more recent Working for Workers Act, the Bill 27. So there's a lot of talk about the right to disconnect, electronic monitoring of employees, internet security. So, so many changes. And it's great that we have all this in place. However, as an HR professional, and my thoughts are that we have to, you know, interpret this law and help our organizations to become compliant. It's a must. Absolutely. And I just want to mention the legislation in regards to health and safety from workplace harassment to sexual harassment, mandatory health and safety training, and also the human rights code protecting workers against discrimination. Oh my gosh, makes you feel like a lawyer. (laughs) We have to be. We have to be well-versed in employment law And we have to ensure there's compliance, which sometimes is not well received by companies or employees because it's a lot of work and organization. And as we illustrated, the legislation is always changing. Yeah, absolutely. 
Athena, I'm laughing now as I think of our next topic. <laughs> I actually posted a job in a newspaper back in the day when I was recruiting, when I first started. Now I sound like a dinosaur. I did too. I, I had to make sure when I placed that ad that I didn't miss the advertising deadline. <laughs> you believe oh, oh my gosh. Can you believe it? Now, I believe Monster was one of the first job boards that came out along with Workopolis. I think I was better versed on Workopolis back then. I don't even know. Does that still even exist? And I don't know if I'm, I'm not mistaken. Maybe it's been replaced by Zip Recruiter. Is that a thing? I don't know. Now I feel like a dinosaur. <laughs> yes, I think you're right. And all the new job boards are easy at your fingertips and you can post anytime, <laughs> no publishing deadline, and view <laughs> resumes from anywhere in the world. Some job boards like Indeed help the recruiter with setting up the interviews, allow messaging, it also shortlists for you. It has become an applicant tracking system. So our next topic is recruiting, but as you can see, it has many facets from the actual job posting and then the screening, interviewing, assessment, selection. One big change over the years has been the conversion to behavior-based interviewing, working in tangent with different assessments, such as the emotional quotient, or EQ, and EQ, they say, is proven to be a stronger indicator of future performance. But we're not going to get into those details again. We can be here forever. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that all these assessments and these tools are great, and they definitely added some value to recruiting and the process. But in my opinion, they don't really change the gut feeling that you have when you're interviewing a candidate. And I think it's unfortunate that we are expected to hire someone based on an assessment and a piece of paper and not on their skills, experience, and personality. When a candidate is a good fit for your company, you just, you just hire them. You just hire them. You know, Athena, it's funny you should say that because I've had many hires from the moment you shake someone's hand. And within five minutes, you just know that they'd be a great hire. Oh, I love those hires. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Love those too. So next up is training. We saw the impact of COVID moving all training to a virtual setting. The benefits, obviously, are convenience and cost savings. Athena, the real question is... Is virtual training most effective for all types of training? Oh, Anna Maria, that's such a great question. And there's really no black and white answer here. But, you know, the truth is that some training is better delivered virtually, like something regarding health and safety. So the accommodation training, AODA, some women's training, you know, where an employee just sits at their desk and follows through on their own and doesn't really need any attendance. But then there's things like management training, where we teach managers how to work with and manage their employees. And I think that delivering such training in person will have a much better impact so that a dialogue is happening. You know, you can ask questions and they're better answered immediately. And the message of the training 
is conveyed more clearly to the uh, to the managers. Exactly, and that is a real biggie. I found in the organizations I've worked for, this has been the greatest challenge and the most important, really, training gap to fill. At the end of the day, a manager's accountable for executing their goals through their teams that they manage. Oh my gosh, yeah. And, and you know, let's face it, Anna Maria, we both know that some managers are just not ready to manage people and they're promoted into that role simply because they've been there the longest. Ouch. Yes, touche, my dear. This continues to happen within organizations. Yeah, if you if you train them to be good managers, if you give them the tools required, you watch them fly, but you have to help them. Amen, sister. So a really cool topic at the moment, which affects everyone in the workplace, is the different generations in the workplace right now. And as we stand today in 2023, there are now four generations working together. We have the baby boomers, the Gen Xers, the millennials, and the Gen Zers. <laughs> and the question is, how can we all work together? That's certainly a question. And the reason we have multiple generations today is the life expectancy is longer now and people are now to live a retirement that's longer than 20 years. Therefore, one of the main reasons to work longer is for financial reasons. Mm -hmm. Second reason is for the mental stimulation and to get that cognitive function going on a regular basis, especially for those that may not have a hobby or something to keep them busy. And a third reason is the skill set that may not be found within the organization. And they're asked to stay, either continue working part-time, or they may even be hired as a consultant. This brain drain with retirement is a real issue for organization without the proper succession planning. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And one quick example around communication is the different communication styles. For instance, the baby boomers, mm. they didn't grow up or were not born into technology. Mm -hmm. And they're used to getting up, leaving their office, going to speak to someone, where the younger generation like to send a quick message or fire off an email. And the two differences in the communication style is the baby boomer may find this instant messaging disrespectful. Hmm. Whereas the younger generation might say, what's wrong with that old fogey? Can't they get technology? Technology is just so easier and quicker. So that's kind of a humorous look, if you will, at the different communication style. Yeah, wow, that's great. You know, it's such a relevant topic right now. And <laughs> honestly, we can talk about this forever. But how about we keep it light and let's do a quick overview on some of the benefits. And definitely we can dive deeper into this topic in another episode. Some of the benefits of having four generations working together right now are the unique relationships that you build. 
some of the mentoring programs that are offered and available. The problem solving skills are different. There's multiple perspectives out there and better brainstorming opportunities. And the transfer of knowledge, that's huge. Absolutely. And it can work both ways. It's not necessarily the baby boomers teaching the Gen Xers. It could be the Gen Xers teaching the baby boomers. Yeah, of course. Oh my gosh, of course. So another change in HR is the creating of policies around DEI or diversity, equity, and inclusion. This has now actually become a certification for individuals wanting to pursue a career in this field. So it's a specialization under the HR realm, if you will. Um, that's really cool. Yeah. And a quick example is a language used, let's say, in a health and safety policy. So it's to ensure that the workplace health and safety provides a framework for a safe work environment of respect and dignity in which staff wellness and health are paramount with the intention to better balance health, safety, physical wellness, mental wellness, and emotional wellness, and psychological well-being that can be both visible and invisible. So this is changing the policy wording to make it more inclusive, correct? Correct, more inclusive, and to yeah. take in the different diversity within mm -hmm. the organization and also to ensure equity. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I'm not very versed on this topic yet, but I do know that many companies are requiring their employees to use the he, him, and she, her descriptions on their accounts, such as Zoom or LinkedIn when they're representing the company. And if I'm not mistaken, correct me here if I'm wrong, but there's also some editing software that can detect if the language used in documents is inclusive. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. It will wow. give you the option of changing he or she to they or their. Amazing. We've come a long yeah. way, that's for sure. We have. And the next topic, Athena, is near and dear to my heart and also yours, is the emphasis on the coaching of managers and employees and remembering that we are human first. Oh, Anna Maria, you are speaking my language. <laughs> coaching <laughs> managers and employees through difficult conversations or performance issues and helping people achieve their career aspirations and be successful is truly the greatest pat on the back for me as an HR professional. I really enjoy it. Myself included, as a coach, I use energy leadership coaching along with Mount Hill Fitness, which helps the employee become more aware of how they show up and mm -hmm. always without judgment. So you're working through the acceptance piece. And then the power is in them knowing they can make a conscious choice of what they want to do. It is so powerful. And we believe as coaches that everyone has the answer within themselves. We just have to help them get rid of any barriers to allow them to gain clarity. Yeah, amazing, for sure. And I know a lot of employees that I've worked with um, in my past uh, 
experiences in HR can attest to this, but my philosophy and my advice to employees has always been and will continue to be that when the day comes that you're no longer excited to get out of bed and happy to go to work in the morning, then perhaps it's, you know, it's time to look for something new. So you're absolutely right, Anne-Maria. As coaches, we are here to help them find answers that they know they have within themselves. Absolutely. And we are the catalysts in their journey to help them achieve sustainable change. You know, that's some pretty cool stuff. And I know that you and I can talk about this forever. And, you know, we didn't even scratch the surface on some of these HR topics. But what we do know for sure is that HR has evolved and is definitely forever changing. Yes, we've gone from a business function to a business partner and to a strategic partner, moving from a service role to a leadership role. And our titles evolved from personnel to human resources to now people and culture. Some creative, yeah. And some creative titles you will find that are funny in a way are the friendly police. Yes. Happiness manager and people pleasers. (laughs) Gotta love those. So listen, call it what you want whether you think it's fluffy stuff or airy-fairy or woo-woo, it truly is about the people and people are what make any organization strong. So we'll end this episode with a tip or trick. And today's tip will be to understand people to help them reach their full potential in any way that you can. Thank you for joining the conversation. If you want more information, or simply want to pick our brain, go to thecoachesnook.com. And if you love this podcast, we would love for you to like, subscribe, and share. And remember, we are people first, and it's important to focus on the human aspect of HR and lead our organizations with heart and intuition. Until next time.